The annual United Nations General Assembly is being held this September in New York. That means that world leaders representing the 193 member states are presenting. They're giving speeches. It's a very interesting time for those who follow international politics. I'm going to be doing a series of episodes here looking at some of the speeches, especially of some of the leaders of the leftist governments in Latin America. I've said many times, I think Latin America is really in, at the vanguard of the international struggle against imperialism and, and also just the vanguard of the left around the world. There are revolutionary left-wing movements in Latin America that have power and they continue to grow and they are helping to lead the movement against imperialism and capitalism. Of course, Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua are very well known. I'll be looking at some of their speeches, but there are some newcomers who are in power in Latin America and today I'm going to talk about a speech given by the new leftist president of Honduras, Samara Castro. She gave a very good, fiery speech at the UN. It was the first time she spoke at the UN since she came to power in January at the beginning of 2022. And she used the speech to condemn the U.S. organized coup that overthrew her country's democratically elected president, Manuel Zelaya, back in 2009. She's actually the wife of Manuel Zelaya, the left-wing president of Honduras who was overthrown in the U.S.-backed coup. And she gave this incredible fiery speech. She condemned neoliberalism. She condemned colonialism. She condemned the foreign corporations that have exploited her country. She talked about the economic reasons why Hondurans have been fleeing. Hundreds of thousands of Hondurans have been fleeing the country in migrant caravans since the U.S.-backed 2009 coup. She also called for multipolarity, something that I talk a lot about in my, my analyses. She called for multipolarity and condemned imperialism. For those who are interested, I actually have an article I wrote about this over at multipolarista.com, which summarizes some of the main points of Samara Castro's speech. I will link to that in the description below. That includes the translations that I did of her original Spanish language speech. Now, for the purposes of this video and podcast, I'm going to be using the English language translation just because people often complain they don't like subtitles and you can't listen to a podcast with subtitles, obviously. Um, I'm not a huge fan of some of the weird translation choices that were made, but whatever. I mean, um, it'll, it'll make do. So if you want to see what I consider a better translation, you can go to the article that I have linked in the description below. And, and before I, I should point out, by the way, that before I start playing some of this speech, Samara Castro, she's of no relation to Fidel Castro, the Cuban revolutionary leader. No relation. Obviously, Castro is a pretty popular last name. So anyway, without further ado, I'm going to play a few clips here where she condemns what she calls neoliberal injustice. And she says, never again will we carry the stereotype of a banana republic. Very powerful clips here. I'm going to play them. Honduras will only have a future if it takes firm strides forward to dismantle the neoliberal economic dictatorship. The poor nations of the world will no longer tolerate coups. They will no longer tolerate the use of lawfare nor, nor colour revolutions that are habitually organised to plunder our extensive natural resources. Never again 
will the stereotype of a banana republic weigh heavy upon us. We will put an end to monopolies and oligopolies which do nothing more than impoverish our economies. Some very interesting comments she made there. One, she recognized that neoliberalism and capitalism as, as a whole is an economic dictatorship. She, she, she was careful to make it clear that as an economic system, it is a dictatorship of the wealthy, of large corporations. She also emphasized not only opposing coups, but she used the word color revolutions, speaking out against color revolutions. Now, of course, she was being a little diplomatic when she was talking about these things, so she didn't mention the United States. But everyone in the global south, when they hear her talking about coups and color revolutions, everyone knows she's referring specifically to the United States, condemning the, U the U.S. government. Now, a few other points to, to point out here. It's not it's not uh, superficial to note that she's wearing a bright red suit. Now, if you look at the the suits and dresses and other clothing used by most of the world leaders at the UN General Assembly, it's very drab. You know, you have blue, gray, black. It's very boring. She had this bright red suit, which of course is the color of socialism, and it's the color of her party, which is called the Libre Party or the uh, the. Liberty and Refoundation Party, known as Libre, which means free party in short. And um, of course, red is the color of socialism. And since the 2009 coup, a U.S.-backed coup against her husband, who was president, Manuel Salaya, he was a kind of left-wing nationalist. Since then, they have been, they've moved very hard to the left. They've become socialists, anti-imperialists. They've been working with Venezuela, with Cuba, with Nicaragua. And in this speech, you can hear some of that rhetoric. If you listen to the speeches of the leaders in Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua, they talk a lot about multipolarity and the struggle against imperialism. And here in her speech, Samara Castro also called for multipolarity. It is time to have a serious discussion about the multipolar nature, nature of our world. In the same vein, she, Samara Castro, the Honduran president, she condemned the illegal U.S. blockade on Cuba and also called for an end to U.S. aggression against Venezuela. Here's that clip. Today, those of us that are invaded countries call for the return to the respect for the principle of the self-determination of peoples. We reject the cruel, heinous blockade visited upon the sister republic of Cuba and its people. The aggression against the Bolivarian Republic of Venezuela must now end once and for all. While condemning U.S. imperialism, Samara Castro linked U.S. imperialism to international financial institutions. She didn't name them, but we all know the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, the IMF. She condemned them for imposing neoliberal austerity policies, which leads to further concentration of wealth and inequality. It is patently clear that today, for our country to survive, we must reject this so-called austerity, which favors those which concentrate wealth in a few hands and favors those who increase inequality exponentially. Now, I mentioned something that's so important to keep in mind when you're listening to this speech. 
In 2009, the United States, then under Barack Obama and the Hillary Clinton State Department, overthrew Honduras's democratically elected president. And we also know that this 2009 coup, it, it started to be planned by the Bush administration. It was completely bipartisan. I myself have been to Honduras and I produced an interview with former President Manuel Zelaya. And in that interview, which was on the 10th anniversary of the coup back in 2019, he said that John Negroponte, who was a, a, a State Department official in the Bush administration, had threatened Celaya and said, Honduras cannot have relations with Hugo Chavez, the revolutionary president of Venezuela. And what happened? Honduras joined the Bolivarian Alliance, an economic alliance, the ALBA, with Venezuela. And then soon after, the U.S. government launched the coup to overthrow Celaya's government. And what happened after that? Honduras soon became the most violent country on earth with the highest murder rate on earth. And there was, of course, a massive exodus with migrant caravans. And in the United States, there was a lot of, you know, political controversy over the refugees and migrants, the hundreds of thousands of Hondurans who fled their country. What was not ev almost ever acknowledged in the mainstream media discussion and political discussion in the U.S. was the role of the United States in creating that migrant exodus, that those migrant caravans. And in her speech at the U.N., Samara Castro emphasized the role of the coup in creating violence and poverty in creating this massive exodus of migration. So listen to this, these very important comments she made here, because you'll never hear them acknowledged in mainstream corporate media. I stand before this global rostrum in what for my country is a historic event. Not only because I am the first woman to have the honor of leading our Central American nation, but also because I represent the first democratically elected government after our country moved through 13 years of dictatorship. The 2009 coup which saw us mired in cruel killings and death squadrons, two fraudulent elections, a pandemic, and two hurricanes. It is impossible to understand the Honduran people, men and women, and the huge caravans of migrants without recognizing this context of cruel suffering which we have been forced to endure. However, electoral democracy is not enough to guarantee the material and spiritual well-being of our people. Thirteen years of dictatorship overseen by the international community led to the country multiplying its public debt sixfold and saw the country reach a 74% poverty rate, the highest ever seen in the history of Honduras. Four, five rather, of every 10 of my compatriots live 
in abject poverty. However, it is my firm belief that none of these figures will astound anyone in a world which today lives under monetary dictatorship. A monetary dictatorship which imposes draconian measures of fiscal discipline on the poorest among us. A monetary dictatorship which increases the suffering of the majority left behind and a monetary dictatorship in which speculative capital has no limits. Now, in her comments there, Castro really emphasized that, that Honduras was trapped under a right-wing dictatorship for 13 years since the U.S.-backed coup in 2009. She was very critical of the countries, and she's really obviously referencing the U.S. and Europe, that observed the elections in 2013 and 2017 in Honduras, and they did nothing after those elections were stolen by the coup regime. She was extremely critical. Listen to these comments here. No one among the international witnesses of the fraudulent elections of 2013 and 2017 were ignorant of the fate to which they were dooming our peoples. And however, they proved themselves to be indifferent to the worst plague which has ever beleaguered our country. Capitalist hubris and petty self-interest led many to opt for deceit and at the same time, organized crime brought the country to the brink of an abyss. Like I said, this is a very powerful speech. Now, to be honest, the majority of the speeches given at the UN General Assembly tend to be very boring. They're full of kind of boilerplate buzzwords that could be basically interchangeable. But the speeches given by many leftist leaders in Latin America this year are very powerful. I'll be looking at some of the other speeches in, in other episodes I'm doing here, especially a really historic speech given by the first ever left-wing president of Colombia, Gustavo Petro. Very powerful speech announcing the failure of the war on drugs, condemning capitalism. But anyway, I wanted to look at a few other comments that were made here by Samara Castro, the Honduran president, about debt and about odious debt. Now, the U.S. government constantly accuses China of supposed debt trap diplomacy, which is completely false. I've done episodes explaining how that's false. But the reality is that the United States is the country that does use debt trap diplomacy. It traps countries in unpayable debt through the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank, over which the U.S. has veto power. They're basically arms of U.S. imperial power. And Honduras is an example of this. I have a separate article that I will link to in the description below. It's titled U.S.-backed coup regimes trapped Honduras in unpayable odious debt, warns new president Samara Castro. This is based on a speech that Samara Castro gave in January at her inauguration. And she explained how the 13 years of coup regimes, right-wing coup regimes backed by the U.S., trapped Honduras in extreme unpayable debt. She said that, that the coup regime left the country in bankruptcy and economic catastrophe. She pointed out that when the U.S. coup was carried out in 2009, 
Honduras had $2.48 billion in external debt. And, and by the end of 2021, after these 13 years of coup regimes, that external debt had increased by 373% up to $9.25 billion. Furthermore, internal debt increased from $810 million in 2009 before the coup to $7.3 billion today. That means that Honduras has $16.5 billion in debt. Its GDP is only $23.8 billion. That means that its debt is nearly 70% of the entire economy, of the GDP. I mean, it's basically unpayable. And Samara Castro pointed out that 50% of the government budget goes to paying the interest on this debt, just trying to pay the basic part of this debt. And Samara Castro, in her UN speech, she condemned these debt traps and she emphasized how wealthy imperialist countries in the global north, they trap countries in the global south in debt. And then they use that money to live, quote, lifestyles of excess. And she pointed out that these lifestyles of excess are destroying the planet. They're destroying the environment. Listen to these very powerful comments here. The world's industrialized nations are those responsible for the grave degradation of our environment. However, they make us pay for their lifestyles of excess. And to do that, they spare no effort to embroil us in their plans and in an endless crisis, doing what they can to claim and to ensure that our hands and feet are tied. Public policies endorsed by the rent-seeking model on the part of the international financial community over the last 13 years have pulled us into a world full of violence and poverty, a world where projects fail and are abandoned, a world of corruption, looting, and drug trafficking. So Mara Castro linked these neoliberal policies and imperialist policies of exploitation of Latin America to the migrant caravan. She pointed out that it is because of these policies that Honduras has had massive brain drain, losing many people, migrants, refugees that, is, that are causing damage to the country. She points out that Honduras doesn't want its people to all flee abroad. So the migration hurts Honduras as well. L listen to this comment here. For Honduras, every caravan of migrants that flees the dictatorship, as we saw for more than a decade, is a severe loss for our country and for their families. Figures suggest that this exodus prompted by neoliberal injustice creates more and more unemployment and means that we are doomed to dependency, an undesirable dependency indeed. Now, the speech that the Honduran president gave was not all just about condemning things. It was also about 
her vision for how to rebuild her country, or as she refers to a process of refoundation and deep change. She, she, she points out that her government is cracking down on tax evasion by the rich, strengthening the internal market and the internal economy. She talks about the plan to use import substitution industrialization to develop the local economy so it's not completely dependent on imports from other countries. She emphasized the need for food sovereignty for Honduras to grow its own food like Nicaragua does. And I can say, by the way, behind the scenes, that the Sandinistas in Nicaragua are working with the new leftist government in, in Honduras to help develop local agriculture. That's something that the Sandinistas have really uh, done a great job at in Nicaragua. And Nicaragua is one of the only countries in the world that's almost completely food sovereign. It grows almost 100% of the food it, it consumes domestically. And Samara Castro also pointed out that Honduras is trying to renegotiate its free trade agreements and it's expanding social services, healthcare, education, energy. People need to understand that Central America is extremely poor. It's one of the poorest regions of the world. Honduras is one of the poorest countries in the world. And a lot of people in Honduras don't have electricity and running water and drinking water, clean drinking water. And as she pointed out, over 50% of Hondurans live in extreme poverty. And she said that one of the things her government is trying to do is subsidize energy bills and provide more electricity for poor people. So here she provides an outline of her ambitious program to, to create a refoundation of Honduras. In Honduras, my government has embarked upon a process of national remodeling and is ushering in deep-rooted change which is based on four fundamental pillars. One, the revolutionary transformation of education. We've looked to extol the human spirit and eradicate colonialism. We're looking to build an alternative economic model which is deeply sovereign. Our third goal is to build a system whose very core is flying high the values of humanism, solidarity and integration with brotherly peoples, peace and respect for human rights. The fourth pillar of our new project is to progressively deprivatize public services such as healthcare, drinking water, electrical energy, and internet. Now, although Samara Castro and her leftist Libre Party won the November 2021 elections in a landslide, she did warn in her UN speech that the capitalist oligarchs in the country are still trying to plot coups against her. And she also hinted that they have international support from other countries. And I will say, I've spoken with Honduran diplomats and they warn that they're afraid of being kind of too revolutionary. They're trying to be very cautious and trying to take steps slowly and gradually. And as she said in her speech there, the gradual deprivatization, they're being very gradual about this because they're afraid that there could be another coup that the U.S. and the oligarchy and the military in Honduras could try to organize another coup. So here she warns about that. 
efforts to undermine the people's will are coming at us from all sides. At the same time, we see conspiracies being fostered in the same sectors which looted the country alongside their pro-coup allies. These sectors are emboldened by a flagrant anti-democracy attitude which sometimes comes disguised as diplomacy. Note how she, she says that this anti-democratic attitude sometimes disguises itself as diplomacy. That's a hint that foreign countries, uh, the U.S. specifically, are they're not engaged in diplomacy. They're engaged in aggression and threats. And she continued and she said she called on countries to respect Honduras and to stop trying to destabilize her country. I'm taking this rostrum to demand that we be respected. We wish to live in peace. Stop trying to destabilize Honduras. Stop trying to impose your measures upon us and stop trying to choose who we must have relations with. The people is sovereign. Now, when Castro is saying that foreign countries should stop threatening Honduras, she's clearly referring to the U.S. and Taiwan. I think it's, it's quite obvious what she's getting at here. Now, Honduras is one of just 13 countries on Earth that recognizes Taiwan as an independent country. There are 193 members of the United Nations, so 180 countries. The vast majority of the global population does not recognize Taiwan. They recognize the one China policy that Taiwan is part of the People's Republic of China. Now, the U.S. on paper recognizes that, although we all know that the U.S. is encouraging extremist separatist forces in Taiwan. But on paper, even the U.S. does not recognize Taiwan. It does not have formal diplomatic relations with Taiwan. Honduras does. There are only 13 countries on Earth, and they're all very small countries in Latin America and the Caribbean and the Pacific region, very small countries, and they're, they're blackmailed. They're threatened by Taiwan and by its U.S. imperial protectors, U.S. sponsors. They threaten countries like Honduras and Haiti and Guatemala and say, you have to keep recognizing Taiwan. Now, in the, uh, the presidential campaign in 2021, the leftist Libre Party and Samara Castro, they said that if she wins the elections, that she was going to recognize the People's Republic of China. They haven't done that yet, of course. They're waiting. They're, you know, they're biding their time. I have spoken with Honduran diplomats and they say that, you know, they're just being very cautious and they plan on doing it, but they obviously have to wait for the correct moment because they're afraid the U.S. might launch another coup against them. So when she says that countries should, should stop imposing your measures upon us and choosing who we can have relations with, Samara Castro is obviously referencing the U.S. and Taiwan, which can keep threatening her country and saying she can't recognize China. And in the, in the same vein, she said that it's unacceptable that these imperialist countries treat us as third or fourth class countries. And she condemned the imperialist hypocrisy of the West, which, which claims to be civilized but never tires of launching invasion, invasions, waging wars, engaging in financial speculation, and crucifying us with inflation. 
Listen to these powerful words here. We cannot accept this arbitrary world order in which there are third and fourth class countries while at the same time those that think of themselves as civilized never tire of staging invasions, waging wars, engaging in financial speculation and crucifying us with their inflation time and time again. And while condemning imperialist hypocrisy, the Honduran president was also, also very careful to point out that this imperialist exploitation of Latin America in the name of the so-called free market is predicated on colonialism and specifically settler colonialism. She, she calls out the genocide of the indigenous peoples of the so-called Americas. Every millimeter of the homeland that they pillaged on behalf of the sacrosanct freedom of the market and other systems of privilege was spilled with blood. It was tainted with the blood of the indigenous peoples. So I did include a lot of her speech here, but I wanted to really emphasize a lot of that because Central America is a region of the world that doesn't get a lot of mainstream media coverage because it's a very small region. These countries are quite small. It's a very poor region of the world. But Central America is, I would say, part of, you know, at the vanguard of this international pushback against imperialism and capitalism. The left is on the rise in Central America. Nicaragua Sandinista revolution, now in Honduras with the Libre Party. In Guatemala, there is an indigenous-led leftist movement that's rising, an anti-imperialist movement. Even Nayib Bukele, who's the very weird president of El Salvador, um, you know, he he's kind of like this, uh, he says he's like neither left-wing nor right-wing. He's got like these weird kind of libertarian views, and he like really has screwed up his economy with Bitcoin, which has been a disaster. But he also, in terms of independent policy, foreign policy, he has been condemning the U.S. And even he, he uh, you know, even Bukele, who's not a leftist and has been very critical of Nicaragua and Venezuela, he, he has like very few allies, actually. He's, he's, he governs very irresponsibly. But even in his speech at the U.N., Bukele's speech was extremely critical of the U.S. government and U.S. imperialism. He gave this, he had this long analogy, which was actually very, very interesting and very powerful where he said that uh, his country is treated like a poor person who lives in a shack and th th with this very, you know, um, humble house. And he said that the poor person is trying to, you know, make his house look nicer and paint his walls and invest in his yard and, 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 and have plants and flowers. And that the rich person with a massive mansion right next to the, the poor person with his shack keeps lecturing the poor person in his humble shack that he can't have his house become more beautiful. He can't plant flowers. Obviously, he was making this analogy for the U.S. empire, which constantly threatens Central America and says, you can't improve your lives. You can't challenge our corporations which are exploiting you. So it's, it's really interesting to see that Nicaragua, Honduras, and El Salvador have governments that are challenging U.S. imperialism. They're refusing to listen to what the U.S. embassy tells them to do. They're pursuing an independent path. 
And in the case of Nicaragua and El Salvador, they're doing it with the support of China. They've both joined the Belt and Road Initiative, and Honduras is very likely going to join the Belt and Road Initiative and recognize China very soon as well. So although Central America is a very poor region and a very small region, it's really uh, it's a very revolutionary region. And in general, Latin America is, of course, a very revolutionary region. We have leftist governments now in Nicaragua, Honduras, uh, Cuba, Venezuela, Bolivia, uh, Colombia. And, uh, of course, you have like a, a, a kind of center-left government in Argentina and in Mexico. Mexico has a very good left-wing government. So... Latin America is really leading the, the, the left internationally, and especially the struggle against imperialism and moving toward building a multipolar world, which is exactly what Samara Castro said in her speech, moving toward building a multipolar world. So I'll be doing more coverage of speeches given by other leftist leaders in Latin America. They don't get very much coverage in English, so I'm trying to make up for that. I'll be doing a, an episode next focused on the very powerful speech given by Colombia's new left-wing president, Gustavo Petro. I have to say, he actually exceeded my expectations. I, I was very cautious at first because he ran a very moderate campaign, but he's been, he's been governing very well. Uh, he has a very you know, um, interesting independent foreign policy. He criticized the U.S. coup attempt against Venezuela. And as I'll talk about in his speech, he condemned capitalism and the failed war on drugs. So if you like this work I do, you can go to patreon.com slash multipolarista. And of course, in the link below, I will have, in the description below, I will have links to the articles that I've written about Honduras. And I'll be back soon to focus on Colombia. See you next time.